0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are the descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord we are commemorating the Reformation this weekend. So, let's travel back to the 16th century, 1517 to be exact. What spurred Martin Luther into action was a fundraising practice. The funds were partly for the building of what would become St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. The assurance from the Church at that time was this. If a person made financial gifts to the building fund, that person would receive a certificate guaranteeing them or loved ones time off in purgatory, which was a place of purification before ascending into heaven. Luther saw this basically as selling forgiveness. And it had the added bonus of not needing to repent for their sins. It was not one of the prouder moments of the church. Now. I hasten to add, Reformation Day is not, and I repeat, not, as my Catholic husband once called it, your I hate Catholics Day. (laughs) I replied to him something like, no, my darling, it is not about that. It is about salvation by grace through faith. It's about the love of God and the beauty of the scriptures. These are the treasures of the Lutheran Church. And I assured him and I assure all of you that the Catholic Church of today is not the Catholic Church of 500 years ago. But I have affection for the Catholic Church. I am a proud graduate of the College of St. Benedict after all. Now having said all that, Reformation Day is also not, as someone has said, a sort of Lutheran Pride Day. It's really about Jesus and his love. Although I am going to talk about Martin Luther today, I do so with some trepidation. It is daunting to try to do justice to his life in just a few minutes, and furthermore I think he would rather have me talk only about Jesus. So sorry, Martin, and here goes. Back to those certificates given for a donation to build St. Peter's. They were called indulgences. And an important day for buying and selling indulgences was All Saints Day, when the faithful remember their blessed dead, and especially in Luther's day, worried about their fate after dying. So, it was the day before All Saints, in 1517, October 31st, that a 33-year-old German monk named Martin Luther posted a list of 95 theses, 95 reasons, that he objected to the practice of selling indulgences. He posted this on the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. He also sent a letter protesting indulgences to Albert, Archbishop of Mainz, who was a very important person. Here's an interesting factoid that I learned recently. These high positions in the church at that time were purchased one way or another. Albert took out a very large bank loan to pay Pope Leo X for his appointment as Archbishop. And how was that loan paid back? You guessed it, by the very same sale of indulgences that Luther was protesting. Half of the amount raised by the sale of indulgences was for Albert's loan. So we can imagine that Luther's letter to Albert protesting the sale of indulgences was perhaps not met with joy. The 95 Theses were quickly translated from Latin into German, and then widely printed and distributed. Within two months, they were spread throughout Europe. They went viral. What was happening in his world? It was a time of pandemic, the bubonic plague, and of intense civil unrest and violence in the streets that would lead to the Peasants' War, massive casualties. It was a time of new information, technologies, the growth of the printing press, bringing radical change to communications and causing people to question what is true. Politically, the princes of Germany were on one side and the Pope and the Holy Roman Emperor were on the other and they all faced a bigger enemy in the Ottoman Turks who were knocking on their eastern border. So, pandemic, uncertainty, social unrest, war, IT growth. Luther lived in very uncertain times that may sound surprisingly familiar to us. But he did not hide behind closed doors and hope for the best. He posted those 95 theses with the intention of inviting debate and conversation within the Church. Unintentionally, this act would culminate in the Protestant Reformation. Luther was utterly devoted to the truths he found in Scripture. In his personal life, he had experienced a deep and terrible crisis of faith, which tormented him. How could he ever be good enough, he wondered, or do good enough to merit God's salvation and forgiveness? And how could he know that he was good enough? He found his answer in the scriptures, which taught him that we are saved by grace through faith, not by our works. That reala- realization and its implications changed his life and led him to oppose the, what he saw as the, the corruption and the abuses of the religious establishment, his church. In the 95 Theses, he wrote about the importance of repenting thoroughly as a regular lifelong practice that must result in a change of behavior. He wrote that only God can give salvation, that sin is always with us and only God can forgive, that we are not saved by indulgences or by anything we do, instead, We are forgiven and saved because of who God is, because God is full of grace and mercy. Christians must follow Christ at all costs, he wrote, and the treasure of the Church is the Gospel and the grace of Christ. What Luther wanted was reform within the Church, a return to the Word of God in regard to salvation and forgiveness, and the grace of Jesus Christ. He wanted to address pastoral concerns of the people. He did not set out to split his Catholic Church. However, and this is in very broad strokes, agreement over these matters could not be reached. He refused to back down, and he was excommunicated in January of 1521, which was punishable by death. In fact, he died of natural causes at age 62 in 1546. In his lifetime, he accomplished so much as a monk, a priest, a reformer, and a professor. Dr. Luther taught scripture at the University of Wittenberg for over 30 years. He was blessed with a loving marriage to Katerina von Bora, a former nun. They had six children of their own and took in many others. One historian said that money was short for the family because Luther refused to receive money for his books and his teaching. Katie, as he called her, was a partner to him in theological conversations. She managed the household and the finances. She had a huge garden and farm animals and regularly fed 35 people who gathered around them at their dinner table. Luther had, for many years, been opposed to the celibacy requirement for the clergy, but with the dangers of excommunication hanging over his head, and also how extremely busy he was. He never expected to marry himself. Then he met Katie, and apparently all of that changed. With all of his accomplishments, we need to acknowledge that Luther was not a saint. He did not always get it right. Sometimes he got it terribly wrong. He believed so strongly that everyone should believe in Jesus that he wrote against those who did not, writings that were used to justify violence against the Jewish people. These writings and their effects have, of course, been repeatedly renounced as deplorable by the modern Lutheran Church. I was heartened to read an article in Christian Century by Rabbi Noam Marins, which described how, in consultation with Jewish partners over many years, Lutherans found a way to help Christians and Jews come together to acknowledge and move beyond this history and take steps on a journey to reconciliation. Let's look a bit more at what Luther did accomplish. He believed so strongly that the Scripture should be accessible to everyone that he translated the Bible into a beautifully accessible German. His translation of the New Testament sold 5,000 copies in just two weeks and profoundly affected the development of the written German language. He reformed the Latin Mass by putting the liturgy in the common language so that non-scholars could understand the worship service and the preaching and could participate fully believing in the great importance of music for teaching the gospel. He returned singing to the congregation, and he collaborated with and encouraged skilled musicians to compose their music for the church. He wrote 36 hymns, including A Mighty Fortress is Our God, based on Psalm 46, our first reading today, Lord, Keep Us Steadfast in Thy Word, and the Christmas hymn, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come. He recaptured the biblical view of the priesthood of all believers, showing all people that their work had purpose and dignity because in it they can serve their creator. And he wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, including the large catechism, the small catechism, which I suspect some of you can still recite. Raise your hand. Can you still Mm recite? Very good and sermons and books on theology and scripture. Luther's works fill 55 volumes, and in the first half of the 16th century, a third of all the books published in Germany, German, were written by him. Luther lived in uncertain times, and so do we. We are reeling from the war in Israel and Palestine the shootings in Lewiston, the continuing war in Ukraine. Luther and his fellow reformers went through many very hard times when they were dispirited and drained. In their dimmest hours, Luther would say to his friend and co-reformer Philip Melanchthon, Come, Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm, a psalm which would renew their faith and refresh their spirits. So let's join them in that and close today with words from Psalm 46. A declaration of faith. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A declaration of hope. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. Lord, let it be true. And then a sacred invitation to us in these troubled times. Be still and know that I am God. In the name of Jesus, amen.